0: One, two, one, two. We are live, back with Unscripted. Hi, my name's Matt, um, AKA Cut Corners. Matt Perry is my full name, just like the guy from Friends, that's right. Um, And Unscripted is a show about the power of music, and we've got a very special guest today, the Goldie Awards Champion, one of my personal favorite DJs. He's also one of the most humble, down-to-earth dudes I know, and has a fantastic fashion sense, which you know I love. Um, Please welcome our very special guest, Miles Medina, to the show. What up, Miles? (laughs) What's up? <laughs> Yo, thank you so much for being our guest today. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. I'm super um, happy. All facts, though. All facts at the top. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you to everyone tuned in right now. We've got the whole squad up in here. We've got Arcade, Ray Dog, 2533, the psychology department. we got yeah. the real in here, Grunk, K7, Ember. We've got Kid Koo, Sonny James. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for, to, to everyone who, who's tuned in right now. Um, we're in in for a treat with Miles, so uh, welcome back to Twitch, man, you've been off Twitch for a minute, is that about right?
1: Oh yeah, a minute, like uh, a long time, I don't even know how long it's been. I'm scared to, like, even find out if it's almost gonna be a year by now, which it might be, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm great to, it's great to have you back on Twitch with Serato, with me, um, Mm -hmm. because I really, I loved your streams, man. Um, do you think you'll you'll start doing them again? I mean, now that it's kind of getting cooler out, you know, less maybe less things are going on.
1: Yeah, I've I've been I've been setting it up. So, um, my goal was to to stream by like Thanksgiving, which is next, next week. week. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like my goal. <laughs> which I think it's it's looking good. Like as far as setup goes, um, it's it's very very doable. So yeah,
0: awesome. You got any big plans for Thanksgiving?
1: But not that I know of. Usually I just, you know, like my family gets together, like um, my cousins and stuff. Uh, I haven't heard anything about this year, but I need to check in with them. But yeah, usually it's it's every year. So like without miss, but for some reason, I haven't heard anything. So we will see.
0: Yeah, yeah I heard Turkey is a bit more expensive this year, at least as here in Canada, where I'm broadcasting from. But um, always a good excuse though to get around family, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's that Turkey supply chain, man.
0: I'm telling you. Um, but what was the best thing for you about, like, streaming DJ sets on Twitch?
1: I think just, like, all the folks who would tune in. Like, as you know, like, just just that whole thing. It's just, like, people coming in every week or every stream and just, like, hanging out. And obviously the music, too, like, is, you know, it's there's no dance floor and there's no need to um, to take care of a dance floor in that way. So it's, like, you get to play... But like cooler music, as you know, like that's always like the answer when you ask DJs why they like Twitch. So
0: Yeah, I think though the like you said, the, the connection with people is like it's something it's quite um yeah, it's really personal, right? Like you can't really have conversations with people on a dance floor often it's you're a bit like removed from that. But the chat, right, is such an important part of, you know, what you do on a on a Twitch stream.
1: Yeah. Who would have thought like like the being away from people would actually connect you to people even more. So you know, kind of weird, but very but, cool.
0: But how has that been though? Since you know, I mean, you've been out to, out on the road and you've been uh, DJing a bunch. Have you seen a lot of people come from Twitch to your shows and have like a, a a connection that way?
1: Definitely, especially early on when like the world opened up. Like, like almost every not everyone, but like a good chunk of them, at least half of them would be from Twitch. Like people who'd be like, yo, I'm blah, 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 or I'm yada, yada, and it's like, it's like people who I don't even know their real names, but like, we know each other's Twitch <laughs> names. <you
0: know? laughs> totally. Yeah, it's great. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to the, all the folks that are in here. We've got a lot of folks in here. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah Saab, um, Diego Dundee, mm-hmm. uh, DJ B-Man, Nopa Slaps, what up, Nopa, Music Spasms, up, Nopa, we got a lot, of, a lot of cool people in here. Um, yeah. Brother Fabs. Yeah, Scott Grooves. This is cool. Um, yeah, man. Mark T. Yeah. My homegirl Lonnie. Kid Koo. What up, Kid Koo? That's that guy. That's <laughs> that guy from Al Jaroa. Um, Kid,
1: K- Kid Koo has the best B reels if you guys don't follow Kid Koo on B reel,
0: <laughs> <laughs> He does. He's very good at the uh, the social needs. Um, he is. Yeah, shout out Kid Koo. Uh, and actually also a big shout out to because he makes he's made the emotes, like all the emotes that you'll see in the chat actually. Um we have a Miles Medina emote, emote this week. If you uh if you're in the chat Ooh. you should be able to access that for free. It's this one right here. Um so that if you want to use it, um is available right there. Look at that. Miles Medina. Shout right. out <laughs> Shout out Kid Koo. Thank you, Kid Koo. Yeah, there we go. That's awesome. Um <laughs> so um yeah you've been you've been out like touring around playing a lot what's uh, what's one of the best parties you've played over the summer man
1: mm, I have a really bad memory but there's been like the summer in general has been really fun um you know I think playing with homies is always fun so like you know shout out to arcade in the chat we've had some good times and uh I think I did a I did a party with with Zach, four colors, Zach and Caper one time that was pretty fun um, like we're not welcome back at the venue kind of fun and like um, <laughs> you know <laughs> um, yeah that's what I can think of at the moment as far as summer goes but it's been, it's been fun just like being out and amongst people like for real for real
0: yeah we got a couple of people in the chat uh, the real said the Jael miles back to back looked incredible
1: Yes, that that too. That was great.
0: Yeah, he's an
1: incredible DJ. Yeah.
0: Hey, holy smokes! Not only is he an incredible producer, he's also an incredible singer, DJ, human being, hairstylist.
1: The singing, Yeah. Hairstylist, This everything, dude. He's like, he's full package. And then, so, but yeah, like the singing is like, that's something I, I wish I could do because like I do that when I'm drunk. Is like I'll start singing, but like it doesn't sound good when I do it. But when he does it, it actually like adds to it instead of maybe like degrades your set like as i do it but yeah
0: <laughs> do you, you sing secret. along into the mic though like uh, when you're singing along do you sing along? oh yeah yeah okay oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not good <laughs> um and then scott Grew said um your do-over set was insane as well uh where was the do-over set if you could re- just refresh my memory
1: um in la at a wherever they do in la i think it's called um Oh, uh, behind the old
0: Amoeba? Yes. No. Yeah. That's the spot, man. Um, yeah, a lot of pressure to play a over set, though. Hey, did you have to prepare a lot for that?
1: So this was a while back, actually. This was a uh, pre-pandemic. Maybe it was like right before the pandemic. So 19, um, mm-hmm. ton of pressure. Cause you know, I've been wanting to play that my whole life. And, um, I had to play after, after Jazzy Jeff too, which was,
0: oh yeah, um,
1: <laughs> you know, you know how that is. So yeah, a lot of pressure. that I? I wish I was more prepared. I just at that time in my life, I was like, my my organization skills were not where they are today. So um, I was just honestly like that mixed with like nerves, like equaled like me not having a great set that day. But um, I'm glad. People enjoyed it,
0: such as Scott Grooves. Thanks, Scott. So, yeah. Is there a lot of preparations into your set, or like actually I had a really good chat with somebody the other day in a stream? Was like, how much do you prepare? You know, your sets. And I imagine some something like Dwarves, you'd probably prepare quite a lot. Or for example, the Goldie Awards, you'd obviously have a very prepared set. But just for like a DJ set, maybe like a Twitch stream, how much preparation do you do for that, or do you just freestyle?
1: It's it's the preparation as a crate. Of music that i would like to play and then and then you freestyle i freestyle from there but it's never like in order um the most prepared i'll be is like i just want to know what song to start with so like um i'll probably have a crate of like just a handful of tracks um different energies that i will start that'll be a starting point and then from there just i literally just put off one crate usually
0: nice yeah. Do you, yeah. Like, do you feel like sometimes, um, like, do you ever do like 30 minute sets or back to backs with people and you, you feel like you want to match their energy? Or you do, do you kind of want to go in there and set the vibe and then like kind of reset and then go from there when you're playing after somebody like Jazzy Jeff, for example? It's always,
1: it's both because sometimes like the energy will be so good for the person before me that I'll just want to um, take it from there. Mm. and sometimes um it it might be time for like a complete switch in energy so it it really depends
0: yeah i feel sometimes like it's it's good to like get on the mic and just be like yo by the way this is what this is me now and this is what we're going to do because Yeah. yeah so obviously everyone has a bit of identity right with their dj sets or what they're what they're planning to do it's nice to just let people know this is what we're doing now
1: yeah especially if it's like a show type of event um I feel like at like a a chill, more chill like divey spot like that might be not necessary always or like if it's just a straight party your kids are dancing like not always will I hop on the mic like hey this is what I'm about to do like um so yeah it really
0: depends you know um now you've played obviously some really incredible parties also I want to shout out one four three in LA. I know you've played you played there as well um, great party. Yeah. If you could make a perfect party to DJ at, what would be like the kind of key elements or ingredients uh, for a Miles Medina party? Um, I like
1: like when I started um, throwing parties. Um, obviously, we're DJs, so choosing the DJs is important, and like I like to choose like a somewhat diverse group of DJs. Um, just to you know offer something different um and just like i can't do everything so like i i like to bring homies into who have like their strengths whether that be um marketing or like just ideas to have cool things at the party you know what i mean like um there's this party i did in boston called all you can eat that i love so I'm, it was one of my favorite things i've done shout out to moses and tofu that's their thing but like a, it's a great party like the the dj lineup was super diverse like i played with silent addy who's just like oh yeah craziest fucking amazing dance hall dj and i played after him I'm like i don't play dance hall, but like um it it made so much sense like to put us all on the same lineup but anyways they also had like a like clark's activation so like you know all of us djs were all wearing clarks and like um they had like a little Things selling food and like it was just really cool to have that experience at a party you know
0: that's fire i love clark's i'm a big fan of clark's and it makes perfect sense to have silent eddie the dance hall clark's connection you know it's yep. strong um vibes in Popcorn, clark's me prefer that's a big tune right there yep <laughs> he had to play that exactly. he must have played that right
1: of course of course yeah, yeah. shout out to he's he's amazing dude and we did it back to back as well which was super fun, um, afterwards. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Um, how, yeah, how do you, how do you like doing back to back? I feel like, um, this is like a different, a, a question that's kind of different for everybody, right? Like depending on the person, like, can you just do a back to back with anybody or like how do you manage the energy with a back to back?
1: Um, I'm a big fan of them. I like, I have this thing of like, I like doing back to backs with people I just met. So like, <laughs> like the jael one uh was one and like silent addy was one and like i remember the first time i met jesse marco like at a club and we did like an hour back to back this is upon meeting each other and like it was just it's always good it's like it's almost like talking to each other but you know you're getting to know each other by like all right let me play this one and it's always like a one turntable each back to back
0: oh nice yeah okay so track yeah. for track
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. Um shout out to um a good homie of mine uh, in Hawaii, DJ Dell. If you you may be familiar with Dell. Yep. That's his his idea. Um he like every time I've gone and played with him he's like, "Oh, we're doing back to back." And I'm like, "Oh shit, okay." Um <laughs> I really struggle with it a bit, but um it also like is a really great challenge, right? Cuz it keeps you on your toes and you're like just like seeing like no one's I guess we're you're just playing off each other, so you can always kind of just, oh, you're going to play this trap song or should I, I, I got something that can match that probably, you know, and you just have to like think really quick.
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, I, I was just reminded because I've seen Arcade in the chat. So me, uh, Arcade and I did this party this year at the uh, SF MoMA at the art gallery. And um, it was like this big event and they're like, all right, you guys are going to um, have a DJ battle as they wanted to market it as. But we saw it as, okay, we're just going to go back to back. So, um, we're like, all right, we'll just show up and, you know, we'll just, we'll just conversate like throughout the whole thing. So we show up to the party (laughs) and we get there like for sound check, and like, there's, it's a huge room, this big ass dance floor and like DJ booths on the opposite ends of the fucking dance floor. So it's like, we're super far apart. So the whole idea of, of us communicating with each other was, was out the window. So we had to. (laughs) figure that out but yeah it was still fun though
0: why so far apart though that's crazy i i think it was like it
1: like the people who coordinated it i don't think they know anything about djing and to them like all right this is this is gonna be so cool to set this up with like
0: one guy over here one
1: guy over there um you know yeah yeah so
0: man i would be i'd be pulling out the group chat getting that going real quick <laughs>
1: that's crazy yeah we were definitely like running back and forth between
0: each other like all right i'm gonna do this you do that acapella like i would just run back yeah yeah i I mean i feel like both you arcade shout out arcade and and you miles i probably i feel like you guys would be able to handle that very professionally but yeah that sounds pretty pretty much nightmare um for me (laughs) yeah um yeah i i recently played um uh, just on Saturday, I played with a, uh, in LA with a DJ called 100 Proof at his night, Feel Good Inc. Um, it was oh. really incre- a really incredible night for me. Um, and it occurred to me how important it is to have, like, like to kind of throw your own party sometimes, uh, have really good intention, have the right venue and staff to make it like a really successful night. Like, I made sure to, like, kind of thank everyone from the door person, the sound person, the bartenders. And, just, like, uh, it just felt like all these things kind of needed to be right. And the venue was great, it was kind of smallish packed out and it was like I I just had such a good time I'm not trying to brag or anything but I was just like man it really was kind of a a big realization to me of like how much how much it takes to throw a successful night and uh and you know like the the uh, one you know props to 100 proof he really like kind of had it set so he was like we're gonna play house we're gonna play disco play funk music you can probably go like a little bit you know around that if you wanted to, but it was like, this is what we're doing. And everybody that, knew, that came to the party knew that was what was happening. We, I think we had one request the whole night and that was it. And I was just like, wow, th- this is like a really great relationship between the DJ and the audience. And yeah, I was, just, I was, I was like, man, I, 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 when it's right, it's so good. But when it's wrong, it's obviously so bad. But um, yeah, do you have any, do you have any feel, feelings on it or thoughts on like how to you know, strategically throw a really great party or a really great night, you know, some ingredients that you really feel is like essential to that?
1: Um, I mean, you know, like concerning music, like um, it is nice to kind of like let them know what people are getting into, like how you were saying, like people kind of knew you guys are gonna stick mainly stick to like house and disco and and all that. Um, So I think that goes with promoting it, you know, like whether that be, for me anyways, like, I I realized, like, for me, like, my most, um, like, interaction online will be, like, through probably a DJ video or um, something in that nature. So, like, if I'm going to do a party that's specific to that, I will try to, like, communicate that in the promotion of it. Um, I did, like, last year I I threw a party that was all house music, so I put a a mixtape out just to, like, let people know, like, um, it's all house tonight. You know what I mean? Like, don't be like. There's no ratchet shit, basically. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I th- I think that's really cool. Like, uh, I I think I remember seeing that mixtape too, and and I I love that. Um, do you feel do you feel like that gave you kind of a bit more freedom to go a bit deeper into that specific genre all night? You know, and kind of explore an like a, a part of that that you wouldn't usually get to.
1: For sure, yeah, and it's cool because it's like especially with that type of music it's it's different than playing like hip-hop because i feel like with hip-hop you know most of the time you just want to hear your favorite songs or like what's hot but with um more dancey stuff it's you really just want to dance like you know you could dance to stuff you've never heard before and sometimes even dance even like feel even more like towards stuff you've never heard which is really cool
0: yeah also the approach right mixing hip-hop is obviously very fast you're mixing like you know maybe one or two verses and then, you know, you're doing very f- quick transitions. But, um, yeah, like, like actually on, on Saturday I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to play like the whole, I'm going to let the whole breakdown, I'm going to let the, like the song structure really like live, you know, and it was like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll let the build up happen and it gives it some dynamics. And then, you know, instead of rushing to mix the next song, I'm just let it breathe. And that was actually like, that was almost like a sort of sense of discipline that I needed to apply uh, because yeah. like you, I'm, I think I'm more of a, I've been raised in more of a hip hop world, but it's nice to kind of just break out, break out of that kind of regular format.
1: Dude, I get, I get so jealous when I see like big house DJs and I'll look at their, their set list for the night and they'll play like fucking 12 songs. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm over here playing like 200 songs and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, real quick, I just want to give a quick shout-out to the, the, other, the other homies in the, in the chat here. we got uh Cutty Cutso. A whole lot of Bay Area folks are in hey, here. Party Artie. Um, Diego Dundee. It's Danny. Danny's in the chat. Uh, we love Danny. So we got man, JMKM, GJ Brian V. Uh, Frieza Chin. Um, I'm sure I'm a few, a few folks, but it's just great to see everyone in here. Thank you so much um, for tuning in. And I think Iman... Tucker, what is the yep. interviewer's IG? Oh yes, um, mine is Cut Corners with a K and Corners with a C. If you're looking for that one, a little self promo there. Um, oh yeah, Kid Huddy asked actually, uh, where's the house mix tape posted? Did you po- post that on the um, on your SoundCloud or MixCloud or anything?
1: Yeah, it's on my SoundCloud. It's it's like a year old now, but uh, it's yeah, it's on there. I'm actually I actually like that mix, so it's on my SoundCloud.
0: Nice. Yeah, go check out yeah. SoundCloud. It's just uh, SoundCloud.com/slash/MilesMedina, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. And I noticed that you have a, a secondary SoundCloud, Medi- Miles Medina edits, um, which is also very worthwhile following if you're um, uh, on there. Oh yeah. By the way, I have to let you guys know um, if you're tuned in and uh, you know you hear profanity, we do use profanity in this chat, in this in this conversation from time to time. If you're offended by that anyway, please um, tune out now or, or, or block ears periodically, um, but yeah, there's occasionally swearing, and, and there will be some swearing from some of the music that we play on here, so just, uh, if you have kids, let them know. Um, we, now, last last time I saw you, I think, uh, in New Zealand was in 2019, and you played the Serato Christmas Party, and it's Christmas Party season, so I feel like this is a <laughs> relevant time to no. bring this up, but... Um, yeah. that was a great party man and I I remember how how you killed that party like it was incredible not easy to come all the way from you know the states to New Zealand and kill a Christmas party in New Zealand very very specific tastes um, X, Xmas parties Christmas parties are very hard to play hey
1: I love them you do I'm all about it <laughs> yeah I'm all about it yeah but you I mean have... like I like Christmas um, <laughs> but like you know what's funny? Like, I don't like doing corporate parties often, but, like, Christmas season, for some reason, I'm I'm with it. Like, I'll play all the pop music I need to. Like, I don't know why. It's just... I don't know if it's, like, the climate or whatever, but... I don't know.
0: Yeah, man. It was. Pro- I think it was one of the most successful Christmas parties we've ever had. Um, and the, and a lot of it was 100% due to you, your work that night. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be really hard. I personally... Uh, really avoid Christmas parties at Serato because they're very hard to please <laughs> everybody. So I was like so impressed by that. So yeah, bravo. Actually, we got we to break out the applause for that. Big up, Miles Mozita for Killing the Serato Christmas Party 2019.
1: <laughs> Dude, I remember, I remember when I showed up because I showed up like a day earlier or whatever and all you guys were like warning me about it. You guys like, you know, it's
0: not what you think it's going to be. <laughs> I'm like,
1: what do you mean? <laughs> but I, mean, I had a great time.
0: Yeah, it was great, man. Um but let's let's take it back um right back to the beginning of your musical journey. Uh when it began, what were your goals as a kid? Like do you remember what you were thinking? Like did you get right into DJing or did you take up instruments? What was your initial falling in love moment with music? Um
1: so my dad was in a band in the in the eighties out here in San Francisco. Um so I would like always go to his gigs. It was like it was like a cover band they would play at like clubs and stuff, but, um, I would go and just chill. And that was like, really my early introduction to music, um, which was like, for me, a very normal childhood. Cause I didn't know anything else. So, um, it was that, and you know, they would play like eighties, whatever songs at the moment, like easy lover and like, uh, like, you know, shit like, that. like, like dope songs actually. And, um, anyways, like, as I got older, there's just, like in the bay Area, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of DJs like on the radio like mix shows and stuff so it was just it was kind of all over my childhood just hearing DJs and then I finally was like you know what this is for sure what I want to do and then um figured out how to how to DJ like as a child like 12 year old kid which was like it started with like I got a mixer for christmas and then um cuz that's all they would that's all I could get as a kid and then like I had like two Discman CD players, and then I would just set, set them up and try to you know just hit pause and just try to
0: blend two songs together, and it was great. I did that for like a whole year. Wow, Discman DJ, that's crazy. Yeah. And what was the what was this mixer? What was this first mixer? I'm really curious. I'm really curious to know. It
1: was a it was a Pioneer like one of the three channel? I mean, not Pioneer, Newmark. It was like the purple one. Do you remember that one? No. Yeah. It was this purple Newmark mixer. It was three channels, and it had this. uh If Kutzo's in here, he probably knows the um model number. But like, it had this transformer button. So like, because the fader was was shit. Like, if you wanted to cut, you would hit the transform oh. button, and it, it would just cut out. It would just silence it. And, like, you just like.
0: <laughs> I do remember this mixer. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and you did that yeah, with CDs. So,
1: mm-hmm. I had, like, with two CD players and, like, I remember I would go buy other DJs' mixtapes because, A, I could learn from it, and, B, I would have more songs to mix with that way.
0: You know what I mean? Wow. Wow, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, CDs. I mean, that was, I feel like that's kind of, like, um, after the 80s, if you grew up in the 90s, like, no one really, it was really kind of hard to find a good record player for a long time. At least it was where where I grew up. Um, maybe not in the bay area but <laughs> yeah it was like it was hard uh to find like good turntables um good turntables so yeah we had all these janky belt drive joints um mm-hmm. did you guys, did you ever have to DJ did you have to start during DJing on belt drives or did you go straight to the good stuff
1: no I so after like a year of uh, CD players I got one belt drive turntable the next Christmas I think and then um which to me was everything because you know I didn't know any better. All I knew is now I can actually control the record instead of, you know, just pause and stop. So I was all about that belt drive to be honest.
0: <laughs> there we are. Cutty uh, Cutso got it, got it right. He's got the, he had to look it up um the Newmark DM 2002X <laughs> uh psychology department says bring the transformer button back. I'm not mad at that. I would uh I would use it.
1: <laughs> I'm not mad at it either. I think it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Oh well s probably got a pick in the chat if you're looking for it. I wonder how much those things go for now. Um yeah. I mean that was a pretty interesting I, I remember my first mixer was the Stanton. Oh no, sorry, I had a Vestax, but then I got a Stanton and it had like this this like transformer switch on it and it was great. I loved that
1: thing. Oh really? Yeah. Like a it? it was a transformer switch,
0: it wasn't like a phono line switch. No, no, it was like and it was like spring loaded, so you could like tap it or like even like oh, kind of wow. crab with it and it was very accurate. Um yeah, wow. shout out Stanton. R I P. Yeah. I think Stanton's R.I.P Was that pre pre crazed uh Stanton? Might have been the same era a, a bit around that time, yeah. But yeah, the the blue dog. Bring back the blue mark blue dog. What up, blue Master dog, Lee? Yeah. Oh,
1: Master Lee. Shout out Master Lee, dude. Yeah, Master Lee's in the chat. Legend. Legendary. Um,
0: but yeah, like when you when you were when you got into DJing like what was your goals? Like, did you want to be like a club DJ? Did you did you want to go to battling? Like, did you want to be a, a known as a battle DJ, or did you have other aspirations?
1: Um, I think as a as a kid, like 12, 13 years old, um, it was probably like DJing on the radio because it was so cool at the time in the Bay Area, and um, and then my cousin showed me like a DMC tape, and then from from that point on, it was like okay, just all battling from here on out. Um, DMC 99 World, where Craze won the second time. That was the first, uh, that was like my first like image of, of DJ battle, so that pretty much occupied my life uh, for the next few years of my childhood.
0: Fire, is Craze, mm-hmm. is Craze your GOAT? It was, was he like the one, is he the, the main influence?
1: Um, you know what, early on, it wasn't like, I would just study, I think there was like 12 finalists in that video. And I loved all of them. It was just like, because they're all so different. Because it was it was um, it was world. So you know, everyone's from a different country. Um, I remember really liking Craze, obviously, and I remember really liking Petrix. Was he won USA? From LA, his, right? uh, Yeah, he had the um, De La Soul and so easy juggle. That, I remember that shit was nuts. And I was like, I could still hear it. Like he would do the crab, like did, did,
0: like. I'm glad you brought that up. Is that
1: a, is that on YouTube, dude? That's, I'm gonna, that's I'm cool.
0: gonna pull, I'm pulling it out right now. We have to watch this because this is like, it, it is possibly in one of, in my opinion, um, one of the best routines of all time. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Yeah. The business, right? Yep. Let's see if we can find it. Give us a moment here. Actually, we'll put it up on the, so you can see what I'm doing here. Um, <laughs> we have the technology, DJP tricks. <laughs> oh, where is it? Uh, it was 1999, right?
1: Yeah, 99.
0: Sometimes it's about here we go. 99. Hopefully it's this is the one, let's let's see.
1: Round of applause, my man. DJ P. tricks all yeah.
0: You can't touch this, I so hope this If I the hurdles, the best in you y'all. Keep your eyes focused, you can't touch this, I so hope this you Can't come test the styles of your best, cut the motion Style is crazy movie,
1: so you can't try to approach this Stop you out like motion It's so easy It's not this like really so year, so
0: I think uh, you guys were saying in the chat that he did the the business too. I guess I, I got the wrong one, but that was crazy like yeah like that, like what Kutso said when he did the EQ filter thing like on the Technics mixer, like those if I'm right, those mixers were not easy to work with back in the day, right
1: Yeah, it's crazy. yeah the EQ was crazy on there it was like it had like a super high residence on those EQs um, so they would always do those really cool things too. Did you yeah. ever
0: have to use one of those things?
1: I did, I did a, yeah. Cause I think DMC, like you had to use that mixer up until like maybe 05, 06 or something like that. Um, yeah.
0: So definitely, yeah.
1: <laughs> I never had one, always wanted one, never had one though. No. Yeah,
0: I like this, uh, Cuddy. The, the The fade only lasted two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> for real, it's crazy uh it's it's crazy when you think about it actually um especially since we're on like we're serato channel and stuff but it's crazy when you think about how far mixer technology has come in the last 20 years right like man like this to yeah. think about how bad it was i don't know maybe, maybe that's not right how how just how far we've come i guess since like the new mark dx 2000 <laughs> the Dude, like
1: i don't even think like DJs know what a bleeding fader is these days, you know. But like that was such a common thing back then. Yep. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was crazy. Shout out
1: to bleeding faders, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for real. Well, I feel like this might be a good transition. I mean, this jump into your your Goldie Awards stuff, um, because I mean, that's a that's a pretty defining moment for you. Would you say for your career?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um. Now. With the Goldie War, uh, Goldies Award, Awards performance, um, I was really pleased with the way you chose the music and you created your routine really around it. Used The way they used the music, uh, the, the, the words and the songs, and, you know, uh, to create this routine, and, and like quite, uh, and call out, you know, like it was a very, how do I say this nicely? Um, uh, <laughs> it's a very um, aggressive routine, would you say? I mean, I guess um, yeah. it was an intentional routine. How's that? Um, to win, and it was like the way you they used the words in the songs was really, really great. And there was, but there was one part in it which I thought was really awesome and really, really musical. Uh, I think it was really cool how you you really you know included your, your name in it, and it, you you know used the, the put some miles on it phrase from the song. I thought that was so clever, and I just want to play that for anyone who maybe have has not seen it. It's in the dis- the full routines in the Discord, but this part in particular is something that I thought was like absolutely like. Brilliant.
1: Oh, oh, oh We're going to try something else. We're going to try something else. <clears throat> oh, What about this shit right here? Wow. Wow <laughs> Whoa.
0: Wow. But <laughs> like you can just tell like how stoked everybody is at that and um I mean it's still like I mean it's a moment, one of the best one it's like I'd say it's like a moment in DJ history now where it's like you've done something so revolutionary and I'd really love to hear about from you, like about how um yeah, how you kinda came up with that. Specifically that part that part.
1: Oh, like using my name in there?
0: Well, yeah, but like the uh, whole thing, man. Like you had so much <laughs> going on. You've got like the—I mean—you got the double time juggle. You've isolated the drums, and then you've yeah. you've used your name phrase in it. I mean, it's, there's a lot going on there. Like, w- was there a moment where you're like, "I'm—I can"? Did you go into it with like, "I'm going to do this and this and this," or did it kind of just come out of inspiration? No,
1: it it really just like came out of me like playing with the the records, um, and like. It's like um, I didn't even want to use that song, first of all. <laughs> like, But then it j- I just kept going back to it and then like uh, I just kept playing with it. And then I think just like by accident, because I always tell people like I didn't make that routine because like um, everything sort of happened, ac- not accidentally, but like without me thinking about it, like it kind of just came. And then so I was just fucking with like the beginning part. And then like a little later on, the record i hit stop but like i didn't hit stop like it kept playing and i was like wait a minute it played the dry drums i was like oh shit you could use dry drums in this so then that's when i started using the dry drums and then um the the whole like put some miles on it thing it it didn't even come to like the morning of i had to s- submit that video so that was like super late so like that whole thing really came together um you know, I I just I always say that routine was given to me because it kind of just happened.
0: It's so dope, dude! Like, fuck, like, we got first of all, we got to give it up to Miles on that one because that's like a ten out of ten routine. Like, that's a that's so crazy, and um, it's so crazy to hear how that like was almost unintentional. I love that story. I love that, you know, you're playing with something, and it just kind of it comes out right. Like, it's almost divine intervention if you will right
1: <laughs> when one million percent is divine inter- intervention for sure yeah.
0: um but then you but like i like that you didn't just stop like you didn't just go oh yeah i've got this juggle with the dry drums and some like put some miles on it you're like okay now let me like flip it double time and then like drop it up <laughs> and you're like oh hold on let's like take it to another level and like pitch it up and like then you so with that second part um you've got like the put some miles on it, the miles 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 on it, and then you've got um, you've pitched it up, right? And then you've got some drums. Did you ha- like? I, I couldn't help but notice in the very tech geek mind of mine that you did you have a custom MIDI map pad bank yeah. for that? Ah. Yeah, because on the S nine
1: you couldn't split the uh, things yet, so it was like you had to use sampler or loop mode or or cue points. But there is a MIDI mode, so like um, I think. For the goldies i use that MIDI mapping um quite a bit for that and like even um i have this routine with missy Elliott, like um get your freak on and similarly like i had to use drums in a sample bank so yeah midi mapping thank god for midi mapping on that last night, because yeah you did that
0: <laughs> yeah man it's so cool though i feel like it's great when you see people like yourself um like i talked um about it with headspin when he did the what was it? The two thousand eleven Red Bull Finals. He he used MIDI mapping, and I remember thinking like, oh, this like I'd used it uh, in like the re- in the I'd started to use it. I remember I just started realizing that you could even do that in Serato back in the day, and then he took it uh, and he took it to another level. And then I saw like Four Carlos Zach take it to another level, and now you're seeing people like yourself and Jay Espinoza like really taking it and doing some really creative things with it. I think it's it's so cool that you you're. You're you're not just going okay. I'm just going to do something cool with DJ, and you're going to like learn and understand the technology and figure out how it can kind of give you like an ex- extra hand. Yeah, yeah.
1: Especially when that S the S nine came out, it was like there was like um there was so much like possibilities to do a bunch of shit with that mixer. Um, there still is, but like you know, especially at that time, you know, pre pre all recent developments. So yeah.
0: Do you think that um like that's really an important part of like the future of DJ DJing and DJ, specifically DJ, uh, competitions, like really understanding and pushing the technology forward. I think,
1: yeah, if you can use it to your advantage, like, um, in a cool way, you know, that like, that doesn't showcase the, um, the technology, but also like what it really does is really to help you translate or communicate what you
0: want to do. You know what I mean? So, bring out um, your musicality yeah yeah yeah. that's true and like I know that um, well as some of you may know that like we've just launched like the stems technology do you think that is similarly gonna help people do more creative things for DJ battles and, yeah. and so forth totally yeah it has to I mean
1: that's some crazy stuff dude the stem thing cause it's like it's like technology that hasn't I don't even know when STEM technology came out like that, but um, it still like blows my mind. I remember when you showed me and I was like, this is fucking crazy. And like, even like when any, I forgot who first started doing STEM stuff, like when they first started to kind of make way and you had to buy all these plugins or whatever. But um, I was like, how do they, like, I didn't, I didn't understand it. I still don't, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if you can go into how it works, but it's pretty crazy stuff to like go in there and like just take out the drums, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, again, I'm not a programmer by any means, but like um, I know like Nick, Bike and, and I, we've talked a lot about and, and even uh, my friend Vaughan U-Turn, we, we, back in the day, like we, if you had an instrumental for a song, you could do like phase inverting, right? And you could basically like mask the music that was not being played. So if you had the instrumental, for example, in the track, you'd put the instrumental over the track and then phase inverter and then that would like mute out all this, this, the sounds that weren't. So from my my basic understanding of it, it's, it's a similar function. It's kind of like that way of removing vocals through kind of some kind of phase inversion. But I mean, again, I, I don't wow. know the the real maths behind it myself and I think it's probably a lot more complicated than that. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, I still think that's sometimes the best way to get like a clean acapella, especially if you have access to an instrumental file and things like that. But yeah, I think, oh, really? that's, yeah, I think Frieza knows the, the secret. It's um, every time someone uses stems, the files get sent to Nick bike and then he sends back the acapella. That sounds about <laughs> right in real time. <laughs> that's, it.
1: that's like, that makes the most sense. That's like the most simple way to explain Serato stems. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's on contract. He's our AI, <laughs> <laughs> except he's not artificial. He's real time, real, yeah. real intelligence. <laughs> Shout out Nick bike, dude. But, yo, you've been using a lot, um, <laughs> you've been using um, the stem separation for a lot of your own production, though, I, I noticed, um, on, like, you've been, actually, shout. first of all, shout out to uh, your, your Bandcamp, if anyone's got the link in the chat, uh, milesmedina.bandcamp.com, if you want to check out some of Miles' remixes, um, he's got fantastic remixes on his Bandcamp, but you've been, you've been making a lot of, like, your own production and edits uh, over the last few years as well, and you've been, have you been using like Lalal and and other kind of services like that to get your acapellas?
1: Yeah, that's that's my go-to. Um, that's definitely my go-to for use. But until like stems came out, because now it's like it just saves so much time, you know. Like with raw stems, and it's just like oh, I could hear it like right now instead of process it through the thing. It takes forever. So yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. I, I'm. I'm so grateful that we could even do this now cuz I don't even like not not too long ago before we couldn't do this. It was so hard to even find acapellas for things, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of record labels have been holding out on us artists. If you have acapellas, feel free to put them out. I was talking to Joyce Rice and I was like, I noticed that you put a acapella on your band camp. Thank you so much. Everyone remixed it <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, well, you know, I love that." And I'm like, "We need more people like that, you know?"
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah. I love artists who do that they yeah. get it you know yeah.
0: they get it right they we we yeah. want to DJ's want to play their music make it so we can kind of like just do our own little thing but I guess you don't need to worry about that too much now it still would although it still <laughs> would be nice if they did that right
1: yeah it would sound a little better and you know why not you know
0: but um now, you've, now um, you've been making more beats and edits and stuff, is that something you want to do more of? Is that something that you want to focus more of, of attention on for your career? I think it comes with
1: it, you know? Um, I try to keep a balance between DJing and also making stuff, um, which is hard. You probably know this, like, like, on a daily basis, I'd rather open up um, a DAW and like, start making stuff and like to, for me that's like what I'd rather do other than like take for music and and practice djing it's just I like creating stuff too but like um yeah but it, I try to keep the balance for sure
0: yeah I hear I hear you man um I do feel that um they do both go in hand in hand though too like uh yeah like I've been really intentional with making playlists from from for myself like on a monthly basis to listen to so that I I'm listening to first of all current music, but also just absorbing like the music that I love and finding things that I love, which then therefore kind of water my garden of inspiration. So then I can right. then make music. Right? Is is that the same? Also, too?
1: like, yeah, definitely. Like, um, also, um, well, yeah. So going back to the playlist thing, like, definitely, like listening to a ton of music is the most inspiring thing. Um, even and like even how you listen to it, I, I noticed like for me, listening in my like, car is one of the best ways for me to be inspired by music versus me sitting at a desk or, or wherever it would be. Um, and also like going back to like me going on the dot. But like also if I were to say like session on Serato, my turntables for an hour, um, that's also where a lot of the best ideas come from, for me anyways, is is through that. so. It's kind of both, you know. They feed each other, I would, I would say.
0: Well, that that was very... It's good that you say that because, like, literally all of my ideas and remixes lately have been coming from me just, like, trying things out and syncing things up in Serato and then playing around with, like, acapellas and instrumentals and that stems function and then going, oh, yeah, okay. I could I could do this. I could... These things go together pretty good. I could chop it up. And it's very similar, actually. When I was watching your routine for Goldie Awards, I, was, I noticed that, like, a lot of the kind of approach that... DJs take, you know, when, when creating a routine is in a lot of ways like a remix, right? Like you're using that same part of your brain that's going, oh, I can make this double time or, you know, you're kind of crunching the numbers or like thinking about music in this way that's kind of fluid that lends itself to a creative approach to changing it and, and making it your own. Would you agree?
1: It has to be that same part of the brain for sure. Like it's the more playful side of your brain, um, which is probably why like, DJs who want to start producing have a hard time because you probably have to use the other part of your brain to get into sound engineering or mm. making it sound right. I would assume so. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. But um, one of the things I've also noticed is that you actually got some production credits on a recent album by the good fellow p on his record Stunner, um, which that just came out recently. You got... Um, Two two credits on it. You got one thing and good, and um, I'd love to know like how you linked up with Pila. Like how did how did that all come about?
1: Yeah, um, I might have more than two on that on that album. But um, so during the pandemic, he reached out because he wanted scratching on a song he was working on, which was which was good at the time, um, but it was super bare bones. It was literally like a baseline. Simple drums and him saying "good" on the thing for like eight bars. That was it. He's like, "Oh, I just want scratching." I was like, "Okay." So I was at home because it was it was super super quarantine at the time. So I I did one thing, uh, and it wasn't what he wanted. I think I was scratching like um, T Pain, like from Good Life, because he goes, "I'm good." <laughs> no. And then, like, some, some Big Sean. I'm good. And, like, just whatever I could find that's so good in it. Which was actually kind of cool, but it wasn't the vibe that he wanted. And then, like, and then they expressed that they wanted, like, a more, like, old-school hip-hop vibe, which is, you know, obviously that's not what I would think if p sent me a truck. So, like, anyways, I did it, and then I'm still happy with it. And then, like, that was it. I didn't hear it for, like, forever, like, over a year. And then um finally when, like, the world opened up, he's like, come to the studio um i think we want you to scratch on a couple more things so then like it was there like he played me like what would be the rest of his album and then and then i found out like they want to use scratching on all their songs so uh yeah really cool
0: that's really cool man so are you were you were you getting on some of the beats as well were you working on uh sequencing or anything like that I i wasn't working on sequencing but like um i was
1: definitely there for the process like um Cause there's a couple songs that like uh, that I saw like being built from the ground up. Um, I want to say like light switch was one, Um, but yeah, it it was just such a great process to see. Yeah. And uh, also my favorite thing was like the team effort that goes into this project because it was just like so many people with all everyone's different strengths and everyone just kind of like, knowing what they're good at and and Pilo himself being like you know what we need keys on this can we grab a little bit to do this or we need like he had a song the song was good like but they wanted to scratch the beat so like he's like can we make a new beat and then like they had a homie come in with like a guitar thing and then he played the guitar thing Pilo like reversed the guitar thing and then like put some chords on it was like it was really cool to see that.
0: That's awesome man I want to shout out big shout out Pilo Um, The homie DJ was in here. We worked with Pilo. He came to Vancouver a while back, years ago, and it was all the things you just said. He's like such a professional. He he cooked up like the verse, like a whole song, like in like literally hours. And his engineer uh, Miguel Miguel, Miggy Miggy Miguel Yeah Miggs Yeah Miggs Holy shit, man! That guy is like so like he just was like oh let me just plug in my analog, pull up all these plugins. I got all these presets ready for Pilo, and yeah. It was record like recorded, mixed, rated like I just I if I if I recall, Marvel may, might be able to forget uh, might might be able to remind me, but I just had like a loop, like I didn't really have a beat structured, it was just like an idea. And they took that idea and they made a whole song out of it. And I was just like, yo, wow. that was incredible. Um, so shout out yeah, Heartbreak Heartbreak Gang, Trix Million Knows What's Up. Shout out Bay Area. Um now I feel like it's worthwhile uh, playing this song for everybody because um, the, their video is out. And yeah. it also features uh, Larry June. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump it right now. It also features <laughs> Miles Medina in the video. So we've got we to gotta run it one time. Uh, this is uh, Good featuring Larry June by Pilo featuring Miles Medina. Let's go. Tightening, P. Larry, what it do?
1: Come on, man. Looking at this view, I'm drinking this orange juice. What's going on?
0: Man, that good going up, bro. We gotta get activated.
1: Come on, we outside. Pull up to the crib, man. Numbers.
0: Say no more. Smooth. Yes, Lord. And you do know that. No, no, no. They wanna see me doing bad, but I'm good. Hey, but I'm good. Hey, no, they wanna see me doing bad. They see me doing bad yeah doing good doing well they ain't tell you that the real prevail. i do it big it don't fit on the scale mac dre how i'm feeling myself yeah, yeah i gotta jump in shorty got a pumpkin no they met on i
1: can see it is just sunken really it ain't nothing slime got my bucks big tell me that she love me but i know i cannot trust it hey you know me stay low I'm just
0: living how I'm supposed to be. Hey, you know me, stay low key. But, no, they wanna see me doing bad, but I'm good. Hey, but I'm good. Hey, no, they wanna see me doing bad,
1: but I'm good.
0: Hey, but I'm good. Hey, no, they wanna see me doing bad. Hold on, let me walk in the booth Like my cousin say, bitch, what do you do? She be dumb not to chew, cause I'm one of them dudes. Bitch, I'm flawless here. Watch out for the shoes. Mackin' on a bitch on some hobby shit. Frisco nigga with a whole lot of dips. Set it down that walnut, it made me a grip. Two straps like Max Payne, I'm keeping it lit. You know me, keeping it pig. Doing good like I'm supposed to be. You know me. Jonah P. No they wanna see me doing bad, but I'm good. Hey, but I'm good. Alright, just gonna pause it there for a second, cause that's Miles <laughs> <with> Dina. <laughs> Look at that though. Look at those hands. Look at that turntable. I noticed that you were rocking the one turntable, instant doubles, right?
1: Yes, yes. So, shout out to my boy Jacob. I think he might be in the chat still, but that's his turntable. Uh, Thanks thanks for coming through for the turntable. Big up, up, Jacob. Um, Yeah, we went one turntable. Because, like, that was in LA. And um, they were like, yo, can you come out to the video shoot? Like, I think they might have hit me. It was, like, so, like... Sudden, they're like, Hey, we're shooting like now, come now. And like, I was like, Well, I'm not gonna bring a turntable to LA, so I had, I was like, trying to hit up some homies. Or, or no, you know what? They're like, This is what we have for the video, and it was like this, like, fucking numark controller. I was like, I can't do this, dude. We need to get, we need to get, I was like, We need to get a turntable. So, um, yeah, shout out Jacob for coming through with the turntable.
0: Damn, yeah, that's dope. I see you riffing really hard there, and I see the battle av vinyl there. And yeah. what's really cool too is um and I saw this also in your Goldie Awards, you got uh have fun stickers on the records. That's like a Miles Medina special right there. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Tell me tell yep. me how that started.
1: I think it's just like for me, that's has to be like one of the main anchors of of, of why I'm doing it. And it's you know, it's easy to forget. So it's just it's just a nice little, little reminder especially some for something like the goldies where you know it could be nerve-wracking so just a little reminder to you know this is really why you're doing it instead like have fun and stuff
0: so I love that man I really do I think like yeah. that's like such an important part of music no matter what you do right you it's got to be fun because that translates through whatever you do right
1: mhm it's super important especially in music cuz
0: you know it's easy to be like, all right, I'm going to be
1: like, I'm going to do like the coolest shit ever. But it's like, no one cares. Like, you know, it's like, just just have a good time and make sure everyone else has a good time, too.
0: Yeah. Yo, shout out Drewski. Happy there's no, RC, there's no RCs aren't even plugged in moments or like two turntables, no mixer moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> We've all seen yeah. it.
1: Yeah. We've all seen it, dude. But yeah. No, it was, I remember being like, yo do I have to do the exact same cuts that I did in the video or in the song? They're like, oh no, we're going to slow-mo it. So it doesn't matter. I was like, okay, oh. cool. Just, there's going to be some trolls on there. But it um, wasn't, but yeah,
0: it wasn't. Um, yeah. It was, it was, I mean, all videos are kind of like that, right? That, you know, it's not, you're not doing it live. <laughs> They're still. Yeah.
1: I mean, I was really scratching like, but not to, like, it was just like freestyle scratching. They're like, just just scratch for like five minutes and then we'll take whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yo! Shout out Jacob in the chat. Said the place was so nice. Yeah, it looked beautiful, like a Hollywood Hills somewhere. Thank you for loaning your turntables uh, for that shoot. Co, uh, yeah, co-produced by Jacob.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a nice house. That was like ten in the morning too. So
0: yeah. fire. Now, the other thing that that we have to address here is like obviously being from the Bay Area. Um, you know, we're talking. You know, you're from the Bay Area, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we gotta talk about one Bay Area song in particular and um, scratching on, on Bay Area tracks. Uh, we gotta talk about Burn Rubber uh, yeah. by Too Short. And I'm just gonna pull it up for everyone in case you haven't heard this before. I'm sure a lot, most people should have. But yeah, also- Do we know who did the scratching on this? Good question. Yeah, you know about that. to figure plans. out where the scratching is. It's like after the, the hook. The real ones. Yeah, it's in the hook. I'm burning rubber on you quick as hell. You need some toilet paper, don't shit on yourself. When you see me rolling in luxury, I won't fuck with you, so don't fuck with me. I'm just riding, siding, whipping and dipping. I look at all the young hoes tripping. It's no big deal when little hotties get hot. But niggas get jealous, somebody get shot. You in love. Might make you lose your what mind Why like? run these <laughs> great girls two at a time with no discretion. To me, you're so depressing.
1: Acting like you don't know my profession. I look at them fives and look at them
0: titties. Take your ass straight on out to Sin City. Wearing all pictures like hell fresh. <laughs> so yeah i mean this is like a certified bay area classic right here i mean it's just a hip-hop classic in general but um i just realized there's like scratching throughout the whole song
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so that was actually one of the big inspirations for for good
0: oh official officially officially yeah
1: like um when they were like they're like Go in the burn rubber.
0: That's pretty much what they told me. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's so cool. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, I d- it only just occurred to me like while I was listening to, it, I was like, oh, I need to talk about burn rubber and how important that song is to the Bay uh, and DJing because yeah, um, that is a really important. So I was a, like, when I remember hearing that song, I was like, what is this song? This song has crazy energy and that's something that a lot of Bay Area music, obviously hyphae, and then later on mm-hmm. uh with HBK and Pilo and stuff it's still such an important part of it right
1: yeah for sure like those are still classics like um from that whole era like um like hyphen movement era like those songs just literally never died here so it's like since the day they came out they've been like the fucking heaters at the party like every time like you know they never died so um I think in the rest of the world, like like, blow the whistle is pretty up there. Like, it never died at all. Like for us, and that's pretty much most of those songs in that era. still up there.
0: Oh wow, Serato just posted up in here. Produced a little John. I didn't realize Little John produced that one too. But scratches by Envious Styles. Does anyone know Envious Styles in the? Wow. In the chat. No. That's I awesome. think that's also crazy though. Cause I realized like little John also produced blow the whistle, right?
1: Yeah. Blow the whistle. Tell me when to go. Right. I, I didn't know he did But I remember, That's great.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah Tricks and million. Little John produced a lot of Bay classics. It's cool. I, I really want to get little John here and just talk about all the Bay classics. He, he produced, right?
1: Dude, he, he was literally like my freaking hero when I was in high school. Like, um, I love, like, as a, like, my producer idols was, like, the Neptunes and Lil Jon, like, um, growing up. But yeah, I love Lil Jon just because he was so, like, I had a lot of, like, friends who were in, like, electro bands and, like, indie bands, and they, uh, they were, like, synth crazy. So they're like, yo, Lil Jon is, like, he's using, like, a MS 2000. Like, they wouldn't just, like, um, just geek out on synth sounds from Lil Jon, but he would, Lil Jon would use it for, like, his type of music, which was kind of, um, unique for that type of music at the time, for sure. So, um, yeah, I love Little John. He's hype.
0: I really hope that Little John has, like, a, I mean, I, I think he's, he's crazy, but like, I think he's got a great legacy, but I feel like he almost deserves more respect, you know, like he doesn't seem to come up a lot. And I wonder why that, I always wonder, like, why is that? Like, he's such an important person, especially for 2000s music. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's, I don't know what it what it could be, but I, it's great to hear that he's such an important person to you because yeah, he's he's had a lot of impact over a lot of, a long long span of time too, right? He's a Dungeon family and all that as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, like like any chance I get, I will definitely sing his praises. So, um, but yeah, you're you're totally right. He doesn't get the love he deserves, um, especially like that early stuff. It's it's good stuff.
0: Have you ever had a chance to DJ with Lil Jon?
1: I did once, but it was
0: uh I played after him and he was like he was ready to get out of there. Yeah, (laughs) he does DJ a lot, and I I actually saw him in. uh, This might sound a bit of a like a slight weird flex, but I saw him in Ibiza. That was the first time I ever met Little John. Yeah, (laughs) I know, I know, right? It sounds weird, but um, yeah, he was crazy. Um, and I was like, this guy is so cool, and he uses Serato, and like he's a very, very nice, cordial man. Like, I'm just so stoked about. About this guy and and meeting him was like I a lot of people say oh I don't meet your heroes or you might be disappointed but he's definitely a lovely person and and I highly recommend you know having an yeah. interaction with him because he's a good dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, um, I'll have mine one day hopefully. Later. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, now, uh, you know, when I was when we had J. S. Pinoza and Shortcut on the on the chat uh, on this, this this show, I was um I, I know I'm pretty sure we asked. Them about this question, but what is it like? I'd like to hear your take on what it is about DJs from the Bay that makes them so damn good.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea, um, dude, I don't know. What did they say? I want to know what they said.
0: Uh, I think Short had like, um, he was just he just talked a lot about like the culture and in, in the Bay Area specifically. Uh, he talked a lot about mobile djing and how like especially within the filipino community um it was a really a a really big part of that culture yeah
1: um you know like for me like personally what i really credit from like growing up out here and and djing out here is like um the crowds are not easy you know like (laughs) um i remember once when DJ Seen came to the, this is like years ago, DJ Seen came out and I played in the other room and he was like in the main room and afterwards he was like, dude, that was like the hardest crowd I've ever had to play for. And like, I remember hearing that and then I was like, you know, maybe that's, I want to say that probably, um, attributes to that, but, um, yeah, I don't know for me, that's what it is just cause like, and we're just kind of different. Like the energy is so different in the Bay area, like the dancing energy is different um and because of that like certain music's like certain music doesn't do well here um so yeah i don't know i i wish i could articulate this better but uh yeah that's (laughs) pretty much (laughs) it i
0: gotta i want to give a shout out to dj kachi this is like a great um a great way of putting it the apollo of areas to dj (laughs) (laughs) it's really good but yeah but also like That's it's, a good one. it's it, you, like the Bay has really great uh, taste in music. You know, like a lot, like especially from for me being on Twitch, I, I noticed I was like exposed to a lot more DJs from the Bay Area. I want to shout out all the DJs from the Bay Area, and it's not just like it's like all different types of people that play all different types of music, but they're all very good at what it is what they do. It's not just scratch DJs. It's like you could be playing drum and bass or like house music. So many good mm-hmm. DJs from the Bay Area.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you I just, I just <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. know why that is <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, real quick sh- thank you so much to I am DJ CLA for the raid big up for the raid welcome in hi biz uh, thank you so much for joining us everybody um, this is uh, my- I've got our guest Miles Medina over here sorry um, is our guest today my name is Matt we're doing the stream um, now I was talking about um, I was talking to Destripe from the Bay, and Sonny James, who's in the chat right now, Uh, and we were talking about that, I mean, Sonny's from Philly, Dee's from the Bay, and we just noticed that Philly and the Bay have a lot of similarities in the way that DJ DJ culture is very, very rich there, and they are both both quite in close proximity to larger cities, Uh, the Bay to LA, and Philly to New York City. Do you think this proximity creates a certain hunger to prove yourself to a bigger city or, or are there any other factors that kind of create such a vibrant scene?
1: I think it has to. I think that's such a great point. I never thought about that. I do always think about like like how Philly has like the illest DJs like a lot of my favorite DJs are from there um, I never put the t- like the proximity thing next to each other, but that's that's a really good one
0: to be honest. 'Cause both yeah, both cities, you know, like you think I think about it, I was like, you know, I mean just Sunny and D are just a perfect example of both those cities, you know, they're both really incredible DJs from both those areas. And, you know, you got Cash Money, Jeff, you got, you know, a lot of the a lot of the, the you know, the next generation. Even DJ A. M. is from originally from Philly and, and stuff like that. And then of course in the in the in the bay, I mean you've got the, the pickles, you've got triple threat DJs, mm-hmm. you got all you guys, you know, like you said yourself and the next generation of people coming up, like you know jay and and everybody um mm-hmm. it just it's never ending like it's really like it feels like there's a lot of like good uh community that kind of passes it down and and, and it keeps the the inspiration moving it's really i mean and it spreads to the rest of the world you know like as, as someone who grew up you know I've spent most of my dj years in Vancouver. we've always looked at those places as like well, that's like Mecca, you know what I mean or the Apollo, if you will, DJ Kashi. We gotta yeah. play there, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's I love that. That's such a great theory and I wouldn't doubt like I, that sounds a hundred percent true to me, man. Because like I don't know. I love A, I love playing in Philly, but B just like all the homies from there are just like the coolest people. Like shout out to Sonny, shout out Matthew Law. Yeah. You know. Um Yeah, man, that's cool. I never put that together, but that makes a lot of sense now.
0: And you were, you went to Philly. You were lucky enough to be at uh, the Playlist Retreat, right? Uh, tw- in 2019, mm-hmm. the last one.
1: Yeah, the last one. What was that like for you? Uh, it was a lot, it was like a lot. Cause it was like when you go and then like, you know, you don't even know I was going to be there. I didn't like, cause I, I went early cause I took a red eye. So I was one of the first ones there. Like when I got there, it was empty. Um, I got there. I flew with shortcut because he were from the Bay. And then when I got there, he's like, I'm going to wait for the rest of the Bee Junkies. So, like, okay. so I go in my car and um, Anomalies in my car. <laughs> I'm like, yo, dude, what the, like this is insane. But he was just like the most chill guy ever. And then we go and then like it's this is like super early in the morning, like seven, eight a.m. So no one's there yet. Um, but, you know, we get the tour of the house and you know, we say hi to Jeff, and we go in our our little RVs, and like uh, I remember dropping someone off in their RV. I think it was was anomaly, and like the uh, the bunk next to him, like his it has name tags, the bunk next to him said Pete Rock on it, and I was like, this is insane, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then um, and then yeah, slowly but surely, like, people start trickling in, and like a, it's like you're excited it's your homie, or B, you're excited because it's like this guy you looked up or guy or girl you looked up to. Like, um but yeah the whole time was just like so fun creative like juices flowing but also just a whole lot of imposter syndrome going on unfortunately (laughs) because i'm just like you know why am i here and um but yeah all in all i'm very grateful for that experience
0: yeah and now you were paired up on a team who was in your team for the playlist retreat to make a song i had i had maxwell oh
1: my god um Shout out Maxwell. Maxwell was like, he was like our glue, and we had um, we had a small team because two of our guys, they were they left, Uh, so when they set our team, like two of them were gone, and um, we had um, I can't believe this. His name is like um, we had Dizzle, just Dizzle.
0: Oh yeah, Le Champion.
1: So it was me. The champion. So me, just Dizzle, and Maxwell. So, um, what was cool is like, uh, just Dizzle kind of like, kind of like him being, I guess, more like he had like this alpha mentality. So he and me and Maxwell was like so chill. So, just Dizzle was like, you know what? Let's just all make three separate beats. Oh damn! And then we'll glue them together somehow. So we did that. But what was cool about Maxwell, since he's such a dope musician, is he played over all three of them and he was able to like, um like sync all three together by like via chord changes, which was really cool.
0: So. Wow. That's fire. Yeah. yeah. Maxwell, um, just so people know, it's no, it's no, the slaps. I'm afraid it's not the same Maxwell's as Ascension, <laughs> uh, it's not DJ Maxwell <laughs> tricks me and <in>. it's <laughs> Maxwell no vowels. Um, but Maxwell, the, the Maxwell we're talking about, he's a really fantastic producer. And if you're not familiar, definitely get, uh, get familiar. He produced a Purple Heart Emoji for J. Cole and Ty Dolla Sign, right? And uh, he's done yep. a lot of his, his album is fantastic. He released an album, I think, yeah. just at the top of the pandemic. So good. Really, really talented. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Guy. Nino Mendoza is in the house. Yes, thank you. Shout out, Maxwell. Uh, um, out, <laughs> Maxwell. Um, so yeah, um now I, I guess moving into um like the where you're finding music. I really wanted to ask like first of all, this is kind of like a random question, but like there's so much music coming out right now. Um I feel like as a DJ we're we're trying to we're always trying to find music all the time, like almost every day, it's a day-to-day thing. So, I feel like if I can ask you this question, hopefully you' you'll, you'll feel comfortable answering it, but um what's like the best track or album that you listen to just this week?
1: um I've been listening to like Prince's first album this week um which I've been loving, but I'm like I don't know how you listen you listen to music, but i'm I listen to something new every day, so um that's like a hard question to answer but yeah <laughs> at, this morning i was listening to prince's first album
0: that's perfect um
1: let me yeah let me look at my liked songs on um you know what i've been listening to lately is like and this is weird for me because I, I usually like listening to old music or like i like been into like new wave or like just like chill house music but for some reason this week i've been listening to like new rap music which is uh not what I listen to often but I'm actually glad I'm getting into it this week anyways so <laughs> yeah that's been cool yeah the prince. Oh. go ahead go go for it yeah go for it. go for it well the
0: the first prince album is is great though it's it's cool because that's like a classic album and um is have you listened to that one um have you listened to that whole album before or is this the first time you're kind of like absorbing it
1: yeah this is yeah, I have, but like, I'm listening to it in a different way now. Just um, as I'm a little older, and I could definitely appreciate it way more now. And it's it's pretty amazing. It's some good stuff.
0: Is there any I'm songs? going
1: through like this this whole like re re like Prince education era right now for me.
0: How did that come up? Like, how did you get into into that idea of re uh, kind of discovering this album or Prince? Um. It's he's kind of been popping
1: up lately for me, like uh, algorithm as al- algorithmically. So, you know, I, I'll just take that as a sign of like, you know, what, let's let's see what's good. So, yeah, it's been great. You know, whether it's like re-listening to all his music, like his whole discography versus like watching interviews of him. And, you know, the guy had crazy wisdom. So that's definitely where I'm at right now is, is uh, taking all that in.
0: I am. Um... I could talk about Prince for a long time, so please indulge me just for a moment. But um, I get really excited about uh, this one album that released pretty recently um, of his. It's like the Prince Originals, uh, the album of all these all these songs he wrote for other people. Have you have you had a chance to listen to that?
1: Oh no, I haven't.
0: So like as you may be familiar, like he wrote uh, you know Nothing Compares to You, which was obviously a huge song for Sinead O'Connor. He wrote. Uh, you know, uh, Apollonia Six's um, sex shooter, he wrote, uh, you know, Songs for the Time and uh, Feel for You, which is obviously a Shaka Khan cover that we, we all may, may maybe know. And it was, it's kind of crazy because this album, it's great to listen to it and hear him singing these songs, it, kind of like hearing them in their original intention. It's like really like recontextualizes wow. them so... Uh if you haven't listened to it, yeah, his version of manic Dude. monday, like Cuddy Cutso says, highly recommend Whoa. diving into that. Uh because you realize how inc- insane and incredible of a songwriter he was that he just had so many hits for so many other artists including his, obviously his own in addition to his own.
1: Dude, yeah, like first of all, thanks cuz I didn't even know that that was out. So, um I can't wait to hear that. Um and yeah, I just I've really been like You know, growing up, I've always been obsessed with, like, producers, but, like, lately, I've really been paying attention more to songwriters, and, um, it's just insane, like, what songwriters can do, you know? It's, like, it's, like, whoa, like, you guys really, like, think of these songs, like, I think Rod Temperton is, like, really what got me into paying attention to songwriters, because that guy is insane, like, the songs he writes is insane.
0: Absolutely, yeah, um, What's your, uh, do you have a particularly favorite Rod Temperton composition?
1: Um, I love give me the night. Um, I love, uh, boogie nights. I love always and forever, but like, um, just, I don't know, dude, just the, the stuff he makes up is, is insane to me. Like, it's very, it's like musically, it's like advanced, but it's also like simple enough and like funky enough and jazzy, like, at the same time, but, like, the normal person can comprehend it, and, like, the biggest music nerd can, can geek out over it, you know?
0: Yeah. Baby Be Mine uh, by Michael Jackson, Thriller. Baby Be Mine. I think he produced that one, and I've always been like, yo, Rod, what were you doing when you made that song? It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, crazy, yeah, we got, yeah. Some, we got some people in here, Nina, big Rod Tamerton fan, star of a story, that's uh, Heat Wave. Cutty star of Cup, a story, sorry. yeah. Yeah, Light Up the Night, um, yeah, JMKM, yes, Give it, give Me the Night. There's like so many great songs, and I think what you just touched on, which is really, I'd love to expand on that a little bit, is just like this concept of like doing things that are kind of complicated but also very simple and and can be appreciated by a lot of people is like such an art form, and uh, like Stevie Wonder is a perfect example of somebody who does that so well, where it's mm-hmm. like he's doing incredible harmony and, and you know, Songwriting structure is is very advanced. You know, it's like some of the the most insane. Um, and yeah, like even another example is he, like he he had songs that he wrote for other people too, and then they became songs. I think he wrote uh, Michael Jackson's song um, "Can't Help It," right? I think that's a Stevie Wonder composition yep. too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So and it's a shame. I love I love hear like you're saying about these songwriters how they have written for the other artists, and then they've become huge songs without them as the star. I think that's quite a a selfless thing to do, right? Like, write an amazing song and be like, here, you sing it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's it's no ego. It's like, you know what? This would actually be way better if you sang it. You know what I mean?
0: So, yeah. Are you taking any, um, like, um, music theory? Are you interested in music theory or piano or composition uh, kind of learning?
1: Yeah, I love music theory. Um, I love um, learning about it. I I don't think I have the patience to, like, like, every now and then I'll sit down on my piano and or my keyboard and learn a song. Or, like, I love hearing, like, weird chords because, like, I, I grew up... My dad listened to jazz as a kid, so I grew up um, around that. But um, I can't, like... I'll listen to... I'll try to learn stuff on the keyboard and like the next day I'll just I'll just stop. So it's hard for me to stay consistent with it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a really yeah. good point. You really gotta keep doing it over and over again. Um like but you it's kinda like really for, the same with the same with me. Like I'll learn some chords and then I'll just like forget them like a week later. It's just have to keep playing them over and over again to keep them in the brain. Um Yeah. But I, when I was actually interviewing Jael, your your our, our mutual friend Jael was like uh, he he talked a lot about learning how to you know write songs and, and become a better musician and I really love that he was he just said if he's not able to like compose he'll just find an artist that he really loves and then just learn all of the instruments all the parts of the song um you know by air which is no easy feat but you know still like that's part of the process of like digesting <laughs> the music for him and that will really like i i think the way he we talked about it forgive me if I If I'm wrong, but he was talking about how it kind of, it didn't demystify it necessarily for him, but it made it more, it made it more real. Like it made it more attainable to him because music isn't necessarily always complicated. Sometimes the best things are actually quite simple, right? The ideas are, are not complicated. They're really just feeling, you know?
1: Yeah. I think we, I think we tend to overcomplicate it, um, especially if we don't understand it. You know what I mean? If we hear, like, an amazing song, we're like, oh, my God, like, how are we ever going to understand anything, you know, this is crazy. But I think, you know, a lot of, like, the biggest, like, greatest musicians, they, they talk about how simple music is all the time. You know, like, Quincy Jones, like, his old, his old thing, he always says there's only 12 notes, yeah. which is actually really true. I think, you know, I don't know. Do we overcomplicate it? Do you think, do you?
0: Well, I, I'd sometimes go either way on it, but like, um, you know, Prince is a great example. Sometimes I think, I think Prince and also like Pharrell Williams, like I come back to them a lot. They're really huge influences to me and they do this really great thing where they'll do some very complicated harmony and, and songwriting, but they'll also do like very simple things. Um, and I, I I come back to like songs that Prince wrote, like Kiss, you know, and it's just like it's it's one note, you know, and, and that's, like, it's dunch, dunch, you know what I mean? Like, it's, the rhythm's kind of simple. Yeah. It's it's not a complicated song. You know, it's, it's just funk music, and it's not, there's not a lot of changes. There's very few harmonic harmonic changes, but it's the rhythm, and it's the funk, and the lyrics that make it kind of, like, interesting. And I think that to, it's that balance. And, and same with, like, you know, with, with um, a lot of the Neptune stuff, it's... There's, very, there's not a lot of harmony. I mean, uh, Super yeah. Thug is a great example, but the energy of Super Thug, which, which is just like the most basic clavinet preset on, you know, whatever keyboard he had at the time, the Triton or, or something, and the drums, mm-hmm. but it's this energy, and, this, and it's like the, it's kind of punk rock, you know, and, and I, I think people talk about like punk rock being really simple music, but at the, at the end of the day, it, it's energy, and I think um, the same thing for like trap music, you know, people will maybe try and discredit trap music as not being very musical, but I, I kind of disagree, it's, it's not about that, that's not the intention, and if you're trying to d- discredit it for not being musical, you're kind of missing the point, you know, it's like, it is musical, it's rhythmic, and it's, it's yeah. a different, it's a different approach. Yeah, yeah like, Cutty Cutso said here, grind, grinding, it's just like a drum preset on, on a Triton keyboard, but man, that that beat, like, whatever they did, the beat, it's, yeah. it's crazy, so... That's insane. Yeah, but then even even like
1: like one of my favorite beats is like Bat Girl and it's just like Again, it's like it's like grinding. It's all drones But it's just like the most insane beat, you know, and it gives you the craziest feeling when you hear it
0: Exactly, and I think um, honestly that music uh, often sometimes translates better For environments that we're in as DJs right whether it's a club or a big festival And I think I've talked about this a lot with with people on the show is like sometimes music is really it's really important to play the right music for the right occasion. I mean, I'm sure you know that more than most people, but you know, simpler things hit harder on bigger systems because there's less yeah. to like, go on. Whereas, like, more harmonic yeah. music that's very intricate, like Muramasa, for example, is something you just want to listen to, or Steely Dan, you know, you just want to listen to that. It's not really like, let's go wild out at the club, you know, to like Deacon Blues or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, when I, when I like dig for music, um, Oftentimes the things that like really catch my ear is like the most stripped down, like raw stuff. You know what I mean? Um, And going back to like what you were saying about Prince, how it was like every everything was one note, which I never even realized till now. Um, But yeah, it's all rhythm. And like, I remember there's this like thing of James Brown, how he used to call every instrument a, a drum and he would like tell everyone like, you play it like a drum, which whether it was a guitar or a keyboard or a trumpet or whatever, so
0: um yeah, I like that absolutely, yeah, James Brown, man, Godfather of soul, like you got to give it up to him, like without him, there would be no hip hop, and that's the thing is like kind of comes back to hip hop, I mean, you know, you listen to like it's yours or, or you know some of the early run d m c stuff too, it's like it's just a drum and rapping, you know, that's it, but that's all you needed to like hype up. The whole situation you know like flash it to the beat or something it's like there's really not much there but it it's it's the rhythm of the raps it's what they're talking about so important right
1: yeah if you compare it it's yours which is like literally a 808 right that was it and then um maybe some scratches and then you compare it to like rapper's delight which is like a full band like it's yours will make you feel so crazy if you hear that it, you know
0: so <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, yeah. like, the Burn Rubber song, like, I only just realized today there's actually no, like, there's no musical element in that other than, like, <laughs> the drum, the cowbell, and the stretchy, And It's like, wow, that beat is yeah. still, like, goaded, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Where, where were, you, were you in um, Vancouver when that song came out?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, there was actually a party that we had here in Vancouver called um, Go Dumb. Um, shout out Rico okay. and the fam. But They played a lot of, like, yeah, just, just all that hyphen music at the time. It was a little bit... And I'll be honest with you, like, hyphen music at, the, at that time was, like, quite different to what I was used to. I was, like, really mad lib, like, stone throw blinders on at that time, so it was quite a polarizing thing, but once I got it, it was like, oh, yeah, this is incredible, and the energy, again, it's really about the environment. Like, you don't listen to I don't necessarily, like, wake up first thing in the morning, put on hyphen music, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's such a good point, and, like, Going back to like um, like Twitch in general, it, it's just it's cool to have that outlet to like play music you can't play in a club, so mm-hmm. that's yeah. Going back to Madlib and stuff, so
0: yeah. Um, yeah. But look, um, I feel like I've taken up a lot of your time, Miles, and I really appreciate you being so generous with your time. Um, I do have uh, a question that we we ask every guest on the show. I'm sure you're quite familiar with it at this point, but the question is: What does the power of music mean to you, Miles Medina?
1: Ooh, let's go. Okay. <laughs> um, what a heavy question. Uh Damn dude. That's kinda crazy, right? It sort of like fuels a lot of our lives, right? It's definitely fueled mine. Like as a kid, like in class, like all I would do is just like listen to music. Even if it was just in my head. But um even like oftentimes like I'll be like talking to, I remember this so clearly as a kid like at recess like talking to someone and just lose like just they get drowned out like whatever they're saying because I'll be like thinking about I'll just be listening to like this whatever song was stuck in my head at the time but yeah man it it's it's a main driving force for me it's it's one of like the top five driving forces for me for sure like I don't know. I can't function without it, as I'm sure you can't either. And it's like it ever evolves, you know, I mean, like um, just me learning and like me hearing music differently now versus, you know, maybe a couple months ago. is. And I'm sure it's always going to be like that. You know, as you evolve as a person, you're going to hear things differently and you're going to see things in a different perspectives. So, yeah, I think it grows with us.
0: Absolutely, man. You know, what's really cool, though, is like, I feel like people like you, um, especially when you see, when I watched your Goldie performance and when we watched you on, on Twitch is like, what, what's really great about you as a DJ is that you really have a way to harness that power of music. And I, I think that energy is like, is really incredible. Like watching that Goldie performance, even just again, and kind of refreshing is like, that energy is still really translated, like that power and the way you're doing it, it's it's so you're in so so much control of it, it it's but you can see it really just like pulsing through you, you know what I mean? And it's it's magic, right? Like it looks magical and it sounds mm-hmm. magical.
1: Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think energy is like the, the one thing I uh like um translate music into is is always just energy. So
0: yeah. Nina yeah. Mendoza has called it the musicality of Miles, and it's, I think, a, a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yes. um, but we'll, well, will shout you-
1: out you- Mark Brand, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah. Shout out Mark Brand. Thank you for tuning in. Um, now, um, will we see uh, you return to DJ Battles, or are you, are, there, are the battling days kind of behind you?
1: I don't know for sure, but um, as of now, like I don't have interest in battling, but like, you know, we never know for sure. And I'm, I'm a pretty like. I change a lot as a person, so, you know, I don't know how I'll be, in the future. But uh,
0: yeah, who knows? Is there anything that we can look forward to? Have you got anything? Uh, any releases coming up, or any, uh, any tours that we, or shows that you'd like us to, to know about, if we're in the Bay Area or elsewhere?
1: Mm, I am trying to like, uh, start a regular stream again on twitch um so that's actually what i would like to build from here on out um but yeah project wise um i think we have something coming out that i don't know we can talk about yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. hey man you're in the driver's seat on that one you tell me
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that will be cool some cool stem stuff with serato um that's really it hopefully i can start making edits i don't know how you are like like, I'm sure you work on music and I don't know how much of it sees the light of day. For me, it's like 1% sees the light of day. I'm trying to get better at that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to actually collaborate more because, you know, I feel like we can do what we do and then, like, it's it, it's cool to have different minds come in and, and add theirs too.
0: Absolutely. I was just thinking that the other day, man, it's so helpful to collaborate because you you get to hear things and see things slightly different from another perspective and it also will sometimes like just kind of give you that little push you need to see something in your work that you maybe weren't seeing before i think i think the hardest thing about releasing music or putting out music or anything creative is you often second guess yourself and sometimes someone will be like oh that's actually really good when it's something that you didn't even think about had much value we'll just kind of give you that that push in the right direction to kind of finish it but. Um, I'll be honest with you. One of the yeah. things that's really helped me with the with the releasing music is is I just have an email blast I send them out, you know, and I've just made a promise to myself to do them like every quarter, and then if I can mm-hmm. do something one thing a month, that's like kind of manageable. I think the other, the, the challenge that we all have is sometimes like the, the expectation that we have to have something like all the time, but uh, managing that expectation and life balance or just the creative work you know how creativity comes and goes you know and and mm-hmm. and being realistic about how that is with with ourselves because I think it's different for everybody and I think you see that with the way people put put out music sometimes people can put out a bunch of music and then stop for like years or some people can yeah. keep it going but I do think there's a lot of value in setting a goal for yourself so that you prioritize it because you know creative things because they're not valued as a lot by society sometimes I feel like uh it's hard to put a value on it like on your schedule like oh i need to put this time on like my calendar like a job but you know this is this is our job right in a lot of ways
1: yeah uh as a dj like how much of the stuff that you put out like like how much of that would you like to be playable as a dj versus you just want to put it out because you made something that you're proud of
0: well, I think this. But is, that's
1: probably not fit for being played as a DJ. I,
0: I love that question. Um, and I've, thank you for asking me the question. I know when you're on the show, I should ask you the question. <laughs> but that's a good question because, you know, what's interesting is like some music that you're going to make isn't going to be played in all the circumstances, right? And I think mm. when we make edits or whatever, well, tell me if you agree with this, but like some edits are going to be for listening or for people that play on streams. And then other edits and, or, or remixes or songs are going to be played in clubs. And it's kind of like, I think understanding that both of those, all of those have value, right? Like, I don't know about you, but like, as we were talking about earlier, streaming was actually really great because people were playing a lot of my stuff, but also just other cool music that wasn't really necessarily for the club. And as DJs, when our environment most of the time is not is in the club, sometimes we get a bit of a warped perspective on music that people just want to listen to. Yeah. Do you, do? would you agree with that? I
1: agree a hundred percent because during the pandemic we I didn't have you know we didn't have the club influence in our ears so the that those type of um I don't want to say pressures but that type of influence didn't exist so it was like it was kind of more like less pressure of like okay not less pressure but like it was more open of like all right let me play this this is what we're listening to and then as the world opened back up it was like all right. You you now get that because now you're seeing reactions a lot, um, more. So now you're like okay, but you're right. Like just seeing that all the time really does warp warp your uh, perception of music, which is really interesting.
0: I also uh, wanted to add though, like I I met up with uh, DJ Eccentric uh, pretty recently, and and it was great to hear him uh, talk about like as as somebody who makes some of the best remixes out in the in the game. You know, I think we can all agree that he's like a goat as far as remixes, edits and, you know, his, just his music in general is, is so good. Uh, and, you know, we had this kind of long conversation about like, how much of your music will you, do you play in your sets? I like asked him, like, how, my, how many songs of yours do you play? And he's like, right now, that's my goal to play like the majority of music in my set. That's my music or my edits and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really great to hear, man. Because like, I, if I was to go see Eccentric, I'd want to hear him play his songs, and or his versions, right? I want to hear him do that, Uh, and then that just made you made me think like, oh, I need to do that more myself, because (laughs) you know what I mean, like, and and, and same with you, right? Like you make these edits, you just got to do them, you know what I mean? You just got to kind of commit. It's it's hard sometimes, but you just got to do it, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because like going back to like energy, like how, because my my focus is always on the energy and like a a lot of times it's like I made an edit of something, but the original still has better energy. Like, (laughs) so I'll just play the original. But like like you're saying, like if you go to see the guy, you might want to see that person's uh, version of that song no matter what the case may be. So, you know, I don't know. That's That's an interesting one.
0: Yeah. Well, I also think like, you know as a DJ it's like kind of that art of like especially someone like yourself who's very good at at moving songs and, and reading energy and then also like kind of conducting it in a way is like you can find a way to to work it in you know you can with intention and I thought was the other thing that eccentric was really talking about it was like I just want to play my music because then people are going to book me for me doing my thing which is mm-hmm. all, his ultimate end goal so it's kind of like setting that intention right. and then going all the way you know Right.
1: And that's so important, too. And thank you for sharing that with me, because <laughs> I'm also starting to shift into that, too, where it's like, you know, like. I do want to like I'm already very picky with um, the gigs that I take, but I feel like moving in like this next chapter, like, OK, maybe we'd be even more picky with the type of vibe that's in the room, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um. So yeah, that's a that's a really good point there. I like that. I'm gonna take that with me.
0: <laughs> awesome <sure>. man. Well, <laughs> if it, if it, anything it can come from is more Miles Medina edits, I'd be so happy. And uh, yeah. potential collaborations, yeah, let's let's go with with Miles doing more of that. Right, everyone in the yeah, chat, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think this is kind of wraps it up. Um, I know a couple people in the chat in the chat had uh a couple questions. Um somebody was saying that they wanted they really missed Sunday brunch and they'd really like to have that back so it's great to hear that you're going to be making a return to streaming uh soon and then um earlier really early on uh if they're still here D- DJ Nicasio said other than the title how has winning the goldie awards benefit you um it was just well
1: so like bef- like before the goldie awards um I was I wasn't good at like putting myself on the Internet. So that actually forced me to do that. And then once I did it, I became more comfortable with that. And um, so that led me to doing that more comfortably online. And then also just. That whole platform is just bigger than anything um, I had personally, so it was nice to have that level of, of exposure, but Really, just also meeting everyone, too, was was the best, you know, like, just whether it was, like, all the DJs competing or, like, you know, most of those judges are basically my heroes, and, um, you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, when I talked to Pearlie and a couple other DJs, though, they also mentioned that just going through the process of working on a routine for something like that made them a better DJ, like, that whole process made them... Yeah, much more confident, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Totally, because, you know, to train for a battle or for anything of, of like that level is is like you wouldn't put in that much work going into like your 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 normal stuff, so <laughs> yeah. it really does push you to like a, a next level, which I do appreciate. I remember like going through that. I was just like it was so like at the time. Anyways, it was like the hardest thing I ever did, like. I would be, like, in bed, like, ready to go to bed. I'm, like, I need to go work on routines. So, like, I would, like, get up uh, work on, like, routines for maybe, like, one or two more hours and then um, go back to bed or, like, you know, just, just constantly thinking about stuff. I remember, like, I got sick um, the day before the Goldies, actually, because definitely, like, stress-induced, like, sickness. And then, like, the morning of, I woke up and I was I was totally fine. But, yeah.
0: Clear hit. Just, like, total, like, zen moment. Like, you're, like, I'm good.
1: Totally. I remember the night before. The night before, because I got to New York the night before, super sick, dude. I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna be sick at the Goldies." And then um, the next day, like, I woke up. Um, my wife and like uh, close friends, they arrived to New York, so I think that totally put me at ease. And I was like, "All right, let's let's do this."
0: Shout out the fam supporting like that, man. That's so dope. Yeah. Great to have good yeah. people around you, eh? It's important. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple more questions real quick. Aman um, Tucker asked, will this be on replay? And this will absolutely be on replay on Twitch for the next two weeks. It'll also be on YouTube, and you'll be able to listen to it on podcast platforms like Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms. So, yeah, if you missed it, you can definitely check it back. Um, Freezer Chen says, Miles, let's collab. I think that's a very... Uh, <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> Shout out Freezer yes, Chen. For sure. Please. Uh, and then um, Isaiah Saab uh, ha- asked do you have any book recommendations?
1: Yes. Uh, Return to Love. You guys know about this?
0: No, tell me more.
1: I've been, I've been on this. Uh, it's awesome. It's pretty much like talking about um, obviously love but like it's it's more of like a love versus like fear type of thing how when we grow up as, as babies when we're born, we all we know is love, and then the world teaches us fear, so this is like a return to love is like relearning a a like relearning that um all the fear stuff is pretty much not real and b um learning that love is is pretty much all there is um in the world that actually matters and uh it is kind of based on on like Christian ideals, but it's also not so. Yeah, I think it's a great book, and it's so far been really awesome to read. And, yeah, for me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I th- I've, yeah. I I think we all need a little of that uh, right now.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: this shit can get pretty scary. Uh, on the <laughs> side if you're not focused on that, right?
1: Mm, for sure. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Awesome. Um, well, thanks so much, Miles. Um, please, everybody, give it up for Miles Medina. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show, man. Um, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to, or or anything you want to say before we we wrap this up?
1: Um, man, just thanks for having me on, dude. I've been I've been a fan of the show too, and it's been nice catching up with you. It's been a while. Yeah. Um. So yeah, dude. Hopefully, I get to see you sometime. But um, yeah. Shout out everyone in the chat. There's a bunch of homies out here. I see everybody. Shout out Kato. <laughs> yeah shout out brian v but yeah um shout out arcade dude me and arcade we're gonna be doing new years together which is gonna be fun
0: oh fire where's that uh
1: in the bay at rec room at the spot that he does and um we're also doing a boat party the week before like so i feel like arcade and i have a, an unofficial little duo at the end of the year but yeah
0: oh fire Boat party yeah. in December? Man, that's definitely in California. That won't be up here. <laughs>
1: it's, it's freezing here. It's a Christmas party. but no, It's it's totally going to be freezing, but we'll do it anyways.
0: Are you going to do a back-to-back with Carl the Fog or what?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, well, thank you again so much for being our guest. Shout out everyone who tuned in today. It was great to see everyone in here. Um, and thank you so much to the mods, Nina Mendoza, uh, Mr. Sonny James, everyone who's uh, tuned in, and um, yeah, make sure you, you catch uh, Miles, you can follow Miles just by typing exclamation point follow uh, in the chat, and it'll pull up Miles's Twitch, which which you definitely want to follow, especially because he's going to be streaming some more, as you heard here, um, but yeah, also follow him on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, it's in the Discord too, if you, if you missed uh, any of the links that we posted, so check that, um, but yeah, thank you so much, man, have a great weekend great day and um i do look forward to seeing you in 2023 in person uh somewhere in california me too (laughs) it's gotta happen
1: oh before we get off yeah can i show is people still in here okay yeah there's one picture i hold very close to me
0: let's go
1: yes i should have had this prepared but i keep this like on my wall because it's it's one of my favorite things that i have i don't know if you have one of these
0: Oh, yeah, 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 for TV. sure. I got, yo, I definitely, yeah, yo, hold on, hold on, hold up. hold on.
1: <laughs> if anyone can see, this was in New Zealand at the Serato 20th anniversary. Super fun. Yes.
0: <laughs> I got some glare going on, but yeah, I definitely <laughs> got mine too. And, and yo, that's dope, man. That was, yeah, that was the twenty year. Shout out. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can see everyone in there, man. Wow. Yeah. What a also, great I see that you're also rocking the JMKM Unz uh, sweatshirt too. So uh, big shout out JMKM. Homie Depot. Shout out JM. Yep. Yeah. Shout out Marvel. Yep. Yeah, Marvel. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, thank yeah, you man. so much, everybody. Um, we will be seeing you uh, next week as well. If you're tuned, if you watch the show. So um, yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, Miles, I'll leave, you, leave it to you, but yeah, thank you so much, man.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate right. it, man.
0: Peace.